I think one of the weird side effects that you get with uh, being in the entertainment business is that you get that kind of like miserable comedian type thing. You know, like Krusty the Clown, where you try and avoid people because you get this, you get the fun lanced and drawn out of you every day. And in the evening, the, the weird byproduct of that is you just want your brain to cool down a little bit and not have to inter, interact with people, which sounds terrible because you think you do a radio show, you want to find out about people. Surely you're fun and knockabout. Well, you are up until you've had to like been whipped to do it and think of something to say. It's like having a first date every single day. Hello, listener. My name is V, the voice of Pod, and I am the host of Podcaster. Podcaster is a show where I ask podcast creators a number of random questions. Then they give spontaneous, open and honest answers about life and the podcast they have created. Hello, podcaster. Please introduce yourself and your podcast to our listeners. Hello, my name is Andy Bush. I present the Bush's Board Game Thing podcast. Uh, And yeah, it's all about board games and the chat around the table that board games bring up. Thank you for joining us, Andy. How are you today? I'll be honest, I'm climbing the walls a little bit from day, what is it, 400 of lockdown, but overall, I'm not doing too bad. Thank you very much. Are you ready? Sure am. Let's do it. Great. Let's begin. Why did you decide to start your podcast? I decided to start a board game thing because I'm a big fan of board games, always have been since I was a little kid. Uh, and looking around the the world of podcasts about board games, they're all a bit kind of like full on. They're all a bit um, all round wolf print, fleece, ponytail, painting orcs. Bit, you know what I mean? Bit too much. And uh, the thing I like about board games is just getting everyone together. Or even at the moment, you know, weirdly remotely, just still getting everyone together. So I wanted to do a podcast that was about the fun, the bit, the good bit about playing games, which is sitting around a table with people, and then the the weird kind of tangents of conversation that come up based on the theme of the game. So that's that's the essential reason why I thought, I've got to do something a little bit different about board games on a podcast, and that's how it was born. What has been the biggest challenge making your podcast? The biggest challenge making the podcast has been doing two of them face-to-face. Uh, bearing in mind we're in our second season now, doing two of them face-to-face, then after that it's all been online. Uh, and meeting up online is fine uh, and everything, but playing... F- physical board games that one of the big loves about playing games for me is being able to actually properly meet up with people but also the the board the cardboard the wooden pieces the physical feel of it and all that kind of stuff trying to trying to get that across and even play games as research for the podcast that has been the toughest thing whilst we're all working remotely describe yourself in three words describe myself in three words i would say everton I love Everton Football Club. Um, I would say, oh, this is difficult, isn't it? I'd say annoying. Sometimes it probably can be quite annoying about stuff. And the third one, um, this is very difficult to describe yourself in three words. The last one I would probably say, um, uh, out of my depth. I know that's more words, but do you know what I mean? Out of my depth. Annoying, Everton, out of my depth. What makes you feel uncomfortable? Many, many, many different things make me feel uncomfortable. Uh, back in the day when you could actually physically see people, uh, when you're chatting to someone up close and a bit of their spit lands on your cheek, that makes me feel uncomfortable. Do you flinch? Do you look at it? you wipe it off? They might know that you've seen them do it. You don't want to make them feel bad. That makes me feel uncomfortable. 
Uh, till what else makes you feel uncomfortable? Uh, humorous handovers between news anchor and weather presenters or crossovers to things. I don't know whether that's like if you're a, a uh, plasterer and you go into a, a bedroom and some of the plaster's blown. It's a professional uh, uncomfortableness, if that's a, even a word that gets you. Because obviously I'm involved in radio. I just find those little awkward handovers when someone's trying to transition from, the say, the anchor handing over to the reporter. Uh, I find that really uncomfortable as well. It's weird things that make me feel uncomfortable. Ketchup or mustard? I get into an argument with my other half, Katie, all the time about the amount of condiments I put on stuff. I, I, if I can get condiments on anything, I'll whack them in there. Uh, so I'd go both. Ketchup and mustard uh, combine incredibly well. But overall, I love mustard. I'll never forget the day I first discovered English mustard. Uh, my nan and my mum are taking me to the Burnie Inn, living the high life in the 80s in Bath. Burnie Inn in Bath, if anyone remembers that. Uh, it was a real treat. They were chatting away, uh, gassing away about something. And I was about, I don't know, seven or eight. And I'd never seen English mustard before. And as they were talking, I took one of the rolls. You know, you get like a, a, a faux plastic uh, basket with bread rolls in it, little baguette chopped up. Took one of them out and then spread uh, English mustard, bright yellow English mustard on it, like probably about two centimetres thick. Proceeded to chomp into it and nearly had an out-of-body experience. Something else. What three episodes of your podcast would you recommend to new subscribers? Uh, I mean, it's quite shambolic, our podcast. So we don't take it very seriously. A lot of the time, we just end up bickering and mucking about. So with that in mind, the episode where we tried to play Dun Dungeons and Dragons was absurd. Absolutely absurd. I tried to be the, the dungeon master or whatever he's called. And uh, Brian and Jess just absolutely ruined it. But it fell apart in, in quite a funny fashion. So that was fun. The one uh, that's just recently come out, we did uh, a uh, live action role playing thing with this guy called Ollie McNeil who who does a thing called the Storymaster's Tales basically he runs this theatre down in Rye where you would normally go to the theatre get dressed up he'd dress up as like a wizard and you have this kind of role-playing day and it's really good for like you know ice breaking and family days out and all that kind of thing obviously with the Covid and the lockdown and everything he's not been able to do that so he's been doing these experiences on video chat so he invited us to do it and we absolutely loved it so um I'd, I'd probably recommend that episode which is about gaming on during the lockdown and then finally war games because i love i love uh, board games about really weird niche bits of history so we try to introduce jess to the world of historical war gaming with uh, mixed results do you think most people have their hearts in the right place no i don't i don't think so to be honest with you um one of my favorite comedians of all time is a scottish comedian called limmy uh, and he tweeted quite recently that people are vermin and I would genuinely think that's the case. And I'd love to think there's been some kind of like Dunkirk spirit, everyone working together and it's been lovely during lockdown and we're going to, you know, step out into the sunlight, blinking, and it's all fine, the other side of it, like the end of some kind of third and final series of Channel 4, um, you know, apocalyptic drama. But I think people have been pretty pretty horrible. The worst bits, like social media, to be honest with you, like Twitter and uh, Twitter is like a horrible rough pub. Uh, you never know when you get a glass at you in the side of the head. Instagram's a bit different. Maybe Instagram will go down the Kazi like Twitter did uh, in the next few years. At the moment, that's kind of all right. But um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think most people have, unfortunately. And that's just the way it is. Have you ever had a crush on a fictional character? Yes, I've had a crush on a fictional character. I hugely fancied, and I can't remember her name. I think she was called Milady. 
Uh, there was a uh, never-ending cartoon called Dogtanyan and the Muskerhounds. It, it was like 700 episodes long. It was on when I was on my school holidays back in the day when I was a kid, like probably nine or ten years old. Uh, you remember the start? The dog throws a potato in the air and then just makes it into thinner potatoes with his sword. That's what they used to do back then. And uh, there was a cat assassin in it called Milady, who was just for a cat. She was just fit. No two ways about it. How much do you gossip? Love a gossip. Love a good bit of gossip. I love getting the inside line on things. So, yeah, I'm quite bad. I guess in my line of work, I'm a radio presenter. So I'm interested in uh, people's stories, human stories. I get a lot of stuff for the show from hearing about someone telling you what happened to them or what happened to their mate. And that's why it's been so difficult during the lockdown because you're not meeting anyone. You're not hearing about people's neighbours doing funny stuff because you don't get to talk to people. So, yeah, I love a good gossip. Tea or coffee? Interesting one. Tea or coffee? I have a weird relationship with both. I love tea, love cups of tea, I love strong tea, hate tea made for me by other people. Some people make discre- like absolutely disgraceful tea, like should be ashamed of themselves, like milky, awful, like them people who put milk in and then they stick the tea bag in on top and then pour hot water on top of it. I don't even know how, how anyone gets through adult life and that's, that's deemed okay, do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I, I constantly drink tea, a lot of that. Coffee, big fan of as well. Weird thing about coffee is, coffee's fine, and then suddenly it goes a bit weird. You know like uh, that gambling thing the government always put at the end of a gambling advert, when the fun stops, stop. It's a bit like that for coffee. You're fine, you're fine, you're fine, you feel that buzz, you feel alive, you feel I've like got a second wind, and it's just one more cup, or even half a cup sometimes, and then you start hearing voices. It gets sweaty and scared. So when the fun stops with coffee, stop. Can you tell us a secret about your co-hosts? Secret about your co-hosts? Well, Jess and Brian, what a pair of characters they are. Um, Jess, I think, likes the odd uh, little tipple on the side. She admitted, actually, in the last episode of um, Board Game Thing, that she drinks before every episode that we record. So um, I would say, and I don't know this for sure, but I would say that um, Jess definitely is one of those people that... Uh, sneak bottles into other people's recycling uh, on bin day so as to not lose face with the local bin men. I haven't got any evidence to back it up. I would just say that that's just my gut feeling on Jess. What was the first single you owned? First single I ever owned. That is a good one. Do you know what? Embarrassingly, I think it was Papa Don't Preach by Madonna, which which is bad. Well, is it bad? I don't know. Madonna was huge when I was a kid, absolutely massive. I remember my cousin Andy going to watch her at Wembley Stadium and he came back and showed us his photographs and she was just like a little speck. So at that time, it was the height of Madonna's fame. So I loved that. I think like my first few singles were Papa Don't Preach by Madonna and then Axel F. Do you remember the old keyboard thing from uh, Beverly Hills Cop by Harold Faltermeyer, who had a guitar keyboard, which was an amazing thing. And it was awful for him on top of the pops. I remember him having a performance on top of the pops, and it was just, um, it was like someone watching someone reinstalling a hard drive on a computer, but just slightly tilted round by his crotch. Um, so yeah, they, they were my they were my first two singles, them two. How do you cope with stress? It this brings it full circle to the whole board game thing. That's um, that's how I find my outlet. I um, when I do I do a radio show, and you get this thing where you're kind of like having to be fun for people all the time. And I know people who, who 
that do jobs that are way more important than mine. My job has no importance whatsoever. But I think one of the weird side effects that you get with uh, being in the entertainment business is that you get that kind of like miserable comedian type thing. You know, like Krusty the Clown, where you try and avoid people. Because you get this, you get the fun lanced and drawn out of you every day. And in the evening, the, the weird byproduct of that is you just want your brain to cool down a little bit and not have to inter, interact with people, which sounds terrible. Because you think, you do a radio show, you want to find out about people. Surely you're fun and knockabout. Well, you are up until you've had to, like, been whipped to do it and think of something to say. It's like having a first date every single day. And sometimes you just want to be in your own head. And that's why I love um, playing board games, because it just keeps me really calm. I love learning about weird bits of history. Uh, the latest board game I've just got, it's just arrived today, V is uh, No Motherland we out, Without. We Out sounds like the Glaswegian version. Uh, North Korea in Crisis and the Cold War. Yes, quite boring to many people. But for me, that little side street of history uh, is what calms me down. So yeah, I cope with stress through playing board games. What animal would you want to be reincarnated as? I'd be reincarnated as a cat because they don't give a shit, do they? Cats do not care. Couldn't give a toss. It's weird for dogs. There's a there's like a almost an unwritten agreement with dogs. They're born into this world with this kind of thing where they're going to like do tricks and that, or bring you slippers, or sit up and do paw and all that kind of stuff. Whereas cats are not burdened with any of that kind of stuff. And, and our street is littered with um with you know pictures put against lampposts with people looking for their cats. Like, oh, have you seen Phoebe? Uh, and then what those people are not coming to terms with is that. Phoebe doesn't care and has clearly gone somewhere else where she's had a better offer of food. Uh, so I'd, I'd like to be a cat because there's no expectation of uh, reasonable behaviour. You're about to audition for a big TV talent competition. What's your talent? My talent is, based on my line of work, uh, I think any anyone's line of work gives them by osmosis, like a, like a, uh, a talent that just becomes part of your DNA. So maybe you're if you're a... Uh, a chef, you might be able to just touch a steak and say, oh, that's medium. That needs another couple of seconds or whatever. For me being a radio presenter, 99% of being a radio presenter is knowing how long you've got to go for a wee when a song is on. Uh, so uh, it just becomes part of your thing. So if you know you've got a three-minute 30 track, uh, you know, you, you in your mind you've got an innate kind of timer mechanism. Um, so say song two by Blur, you never go for a Ouija and that's just two minutes, 10 seconds. You, you're asking for trouble. So my innate talent, that's transferred over to my ability to walk back to the microwave just before it pings. So if I put someone on for a microwave, say last night we had um, a takeaway curry from Tesco, uh, three and a half minutes, let it stand for two, back in again, three and a half minutes, jobs are good. And I, I kid you not, I went back to that meal both times when it pinged in the microwave, two or three seconds before the ping happened. And then exactly at the right amount of time for the two minutes to leave it in the middle. It's a natural talent. How easily do you sympathise with other people's feelings? Um, oh, I don't know. That is a tricky one because I'm a, I'm a big advocate of positive mental health and making sure people are okay and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but at the same time, I'm quite hard on, I guess, myself and some other people in terms of, come on, come on, we can do it. So I think sometimes my um, ability to empathise with people is slightly overruled by the um, Blackadder goes forth, stiff upper, stiff upper lip, uh, let's get on with it, come on, let's make a jolly good show of it type thing. And I don't know where that comes from. Maybe it's a British thing. Play by the rules or cheat? Cheat. I'm really bad. I'm really bad at that, actually. I would never cheat in a board game because there's no point. 
what's the point in that? Where's the fun in that? But when it comes to cutting on the outside lane of traffic to get in at the front or... My other half, Katie, is a completely uh, 100% rule abider. So she's horrified by my laissez-faire attitude to uh, the rules. And I just think if you can get away with it, just do it. 100%. Just do it. What one thing would you most like to change about the world? What one thing would I most like to change about the world? Um, what I would do is, is make a change to reality TV uh, in a way that just makes it just get straight to the point and not be about uh, around the bush, if you see what I mean. So what has happened in the past four or five years in reality TV is, does it make any difference? If this, this is reality TV contest, like singing contest, that kind of thing. Does it make any difference how good you are at something? It's whether you've got the sob story. Have you got that ability to have a dead nana, something like that, where they can do key change into a little poignant, playful bit of piano music and little dewy eyes, everyone in the house crying, that kind of thing. So really the skill or the ability element of it is, is nothing to do with it. It's just about whether, you know, whether your nana up there, God bless her, would be proud of you, that kind of thing. Uh, and I just think, get rid of the talent competitions, the, the skill element of it. Let's just have, um, merge them all and let's just have one big talent competition where who's got the best sob story? It's just down to how much bad stuff has happened to you and then maybe sheer volume of uh, elderly relatives that have passed on to the other side, you know, upstairs. It's a shame Derek Kakura is not with us anymore because he could have been fantastic, you know, side chat. You know, they always have like a secondary program that's on ITV3 or something like that. Derek could have been chatting to them with Sam and Spirit Guide, but alas, I guess Derek's up there with Sam right now. Do you read your podcast reviews? Uh, no, I don't do. I don't read any of that kind of stuff. I think being a radio presenter, so you, you're sitting there looking at texts with sometimes people telling you you're dreadful, sometimes people tell you you're good, which is nice, but you've got to take the rough with the smooth, and sometimes people do send awful stuff in there as well. So you have to have a very thick skin, and I always operate on uh, the basis of if I think it's funny and interesting, I'm going to do it, and not that asked really what other people think, in all honesty. Which three famous people would you love to play your board game with? Uh, I've been listening to an audio book about the history of the Second World War, um, which is, it's about 39 hours long. So uh, I've still got a way to go on it. And we've just been getting into the conferences. I don't mean football league here. I mean, um, they had these conferences like uh, Roosevelt, Churchill and Stalin, uh, you know, sat there with like um, woolly throws on the knees, that kind of thing, like Yalta. And it's just uh, amazing. Uh, I don't know if I can use bad words on this. Uh, maybe they'll bleep this out. But ma amazing next level shithousery from uh, Stalin. He's unbelievable. There was one where they had a, a conference in Moscow and he bugged all their rooms and everything like that. And he was playing the two of them off against each other, Churchill and uh, and Truman, because he'd bugged their rooms. So I'd love to play with with Stalin because he's a he's a sketchy character. Who else would be good to play uh, a board game with in the world of uh, history and all that kind of thing? Um, no, oh, this is tricky, isn't it? Oh, I know. I'm an Everton fan. Duncan Ferguson. Just because you don't know whether he's going to flip the board at any minute and just throttle you like he did to Stefan Freund when they were Everton were playing Spurs. That would be good. And then last person, I'm, I'm a massive fan of an uh, indie band called Shellac. Uh, Steve Albini looks like he'd take no prisoners, so I think that would be quite cool. That would be quite an intimidating board game. Duncan Ferguson, Stalin, Steve Albini. That's all the questions completed. How did you find the experience? Cathartic. Thank you again, Andy, for being a guest on Podcaster. 
It was nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Thank you for listening to this episode of Podcaster. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate and review. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at PodcasterPod. This podcast was brought to you by the Chancer Collective. Take care and until next time, goodbye.